lovely listeners, welcome to episode 129 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your host, the titular Stace, and joining me in the parlour this month are two previous guests who haven't been knocking around the parlour for a very long time. Uh, it's the absolutely delightful Dion and Clover. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Hello. Oh, now, to be back. I was going to say, it's been a while. So I was looking through my uh, my list of episodes and it turns out that um, Dion was on episode two way back in 2012 and Clover was on episode 15, which I think was 2013. So it's been a while. But then you both appeared on, a, on the live show, the very first one, which was 2014. So that's still not that recent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, have you forgiven you, Stace, you know? <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, that, that the, the live shows were a bit of a disaster. Slash. No, they were a bloody good laugh. <laughs> oh mate the live show somebody asked me the other day if i was going to do another one and i was like i don't know if i have the mental capacity but thank you for remembering that they were a thing (laughs) (laughs) Um, i was gonna say how have you been but since 2014 that's quite a it's quite a long time to actually reminisce about isn't it so like how are you currently is probably the better question (laughs) pretty good all things considering i think Yeah. yeah Yeah, I think that's that's mostly where a lot of people are at, at the moment, aren't they? It's like, yeah, you know, gestures at everything. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I'm not terrible, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that, but yeah, but living in Britain, not not so fun right now. But oh well, we'll, we'll gloss over that casually. Well, we, Just... we're we're having a lot of um, sort of middle aged excitement over getting stuff done to the house. Ooh, <laughs> thrilling! I have to say, it is utterly thrilling. We've got a new walk-in wardrobe, well, custom-built wardrobe, and I, I keep walking to it and opening the door and going, "Oh yes, that opens nicely." And oh look, there's shelving. Let's <laughs> so turn this little storage. internal light on. <laughs> <laughs> it's got an internal light. That is fancy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is very fancy. My wardrobe's made of plastic squares, so you know. <laughs> You are living the dream. Oh, well, we've uh, got the kitchen happening in a couple of months, and that's going to be just, oh. Uh, do you know what? I've, I really want to, so I live in a rented house, so I'm not allowed to do any, like, big, sexy things to the house. But the kitchen is surprisingly big for the area I live in, and I think it's because this is so not pop culture related, <laughs> and nobody cares. But now that I've started, I need to share this with everyone. I really want a kitchen island, and our kitchen is big enough to have an island in it but i'm not allowed to put one there because the the landlord's like nah just have a table like a normal person oh that's um, just me so now i'm not quite sad well we, but I did, we won't uh, be jealous with our plans because they they might <laughs> might include an island but we're, we're not gonna no. we won't go into that no i keep doing that that thing which is uh sort of pathetic but I was actually, I had my first appointment with a therapist last week and I was telling her about this and she was like, actually, this is really <laughs> quite normal behaviour for most people. Mm. Is I just look on Rightmove and covet houses and uh, and, some, and sometimes I'll just spend ages looking at a kitchen and be like, ah, look at this kitchen. Isn't it nice? But i tell you what I did do. I did redecorate the box room to make it into the parlour. Lovely. Uh, so that I've got an office space at home now because I was going to do lally working in the kitchen. Mm. <laughs> Oh, the perils of working the parlour, though, I have to ask an important question. Mm-hmm. Do you have doilies? Not as yet, but they will be featured fairly need, soon. Any good parlour, you need doilies. Well, I'm really I'm really interested in seeing if I can get, like, geeky doilies, like mm. a Spider-Man doily or something. From it's, a Spider-Man feels like it lends itself to doilies. Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, the whole Weber Fair. And obviously, yeah. if you're having doilies, you've got to have cake as well to offer your guests. Don't you? I mean, I almost always have cake. cake. I almost always have cake. I did eat cake like as I was recording once, and it was a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I do not recommend any podcasters try chewing a big old stodgy piece of cake while you're trying to talk to a guest because it comes out as like, no, what have you been watching? Like, num, num, num. Okay, I'll make a note to myself not to crack the Easter egg that's sitting next to me then. <gasps> that's going to be so difficult. For, I mean, if it was me, uh, thankfully, my parlour is now upstairs and no longer the kitchen. So I don't have to sit around <laughs> tasty things all the time. Like one of the big perils of working from home when you work in a kitchen is uh, use of the slow cooker. It's like it's like a slow sensory torture because you're just like, oh, my God, that curry smells amazing. And you just have to sniff it for seven and a half hours until you're allowed to eat it. It's just rude. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> this isn't Stacey's pop cooking parlour. Um, that doesn't work at all. Hey, do you want to talk about some stuff you've been watching and reading and listening to and whatnot? Sounds like fun. Excellent. I'll let you decide amongst yourselves who gets to go first because I don't want to. <laughs> well, should we talk a little bit about Picard? Because that's probably the most up to date thing we've been watching that's just in the process of coming out. Yeah, yeah. go for it. Have you so... been watching it at all, Stacey? Uh, no, so I don't get Star Trek. <laughs> um, I've tried watching some of the older stuff and it just it just sails by me. I'm not. Yeah. So the only Star Trek I've seen are the new like J.J. Abrams movies. And I thought they were fine. OK. <laughs> well, and I will just chat about Picard on our own. Then. Yeah, you go for it. I'll, I'll finish drinking me, uh, drinking me water and whatnot and, and just have a little maybe a little cake. <laughs> so close. Picard. <laughs> Picard, yeah. Um, so, yes, it's season two that's just coming out now, and it's on Prime, isn't it? We've been watching yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, Amazon Prime. At um, the moment, we don't know whether it's going to get yoinked over to Paramount Streaming, do we? No, well, hopefully not, because I think they've made they've made three series, and that's going to be it. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we'll get to watch we'll get to watch all three. But yeah, we're really enjoying it. It's um it's the first series in a long time that's kind of taken the Star Trek universe forward. I think. So since, I guess, would it have been Voyager was the last? Yeah, well, kind of Voyager was the last of the um, next generation era, wasn't it? Yeah, and there were the films. I can't remember. I'm not someone who's like a massive Star Trek aficionado, but I enjoy what I see of it. And there's some series I've enjoyed, like Deep Space Nine, others I've sort of not really bothered with so much. I've never watched, mm. well, maybe watched one or two episodes of Enterprise, but never really got into that one. But Picard I really like because I like Patrick Stewart. And I think it's 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 got a different kind of vibe to it, to, to the other Star mm. Trek series. Mm-hmm. It feels a bit more, what's the word you used on, cerebral. Yeah, um, well, I mean, certainly the first series kind of felt more like that kind of um, concept star trek as opposed to the action adventure star trek um and i mean part of that is you know down to the fact that picard is is so very old now i mean the actor's in his like 80s i think isn't he um mm-hmm. but yeah the first one was kind of a, a little bit more ponderous should we say a little bit more slower moving we enjoyed it but it was very much uh sort of a thinky thing mm-hmm. um and whereas sort of the next generation and all that lot were episodic the picard series is kind of one story uh, per season stretched over what is it eight oh, ten episodes ten something episodes, like that yeah. but this second series has brought in the borg it's brought in time travel 
dark and future that's got to be prevented yeah 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 so kind of almost mirror universe but it's actually sort of alternate time stuff and it's i mean we've been thoroughly enjoying it it's banging it's, it's fast moving it's funny um it's got some good stuff going on the big news that we've got recently is that the pretty much the entirety of the next generation crew is coming back for series three of picard oh. um which is of great excitement to a huge swathe of the population and of zero importance to everybody else. <laughs> See, I think this would be one of my problems with... Because the issue with picking up things like this, and I have the same issue with some of the Star Wars TV shows as well, is that I am not, like, deeply soaked in the lore. I've got a terrible memory for a start, so I almost instantly forget probably about 50% of names and faces from things and a good 30% of plots, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> uh, so when I watch a Star Wars thing, so, for example, I found Mandalorian fine because I, I felt like it was almost entirely a new story, really, yeah. and it didn't have too much Star Warsy lore in it for me to be like, I don't know what's happening. But but Boba Fett, I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking at. And this is the thing with Star Trek for me is I feel like there's too much old stuff that I would have to watch to be able to like fully appreciate this. I feel like with Picard, you wouldn't have to necessarily know that much. In the first mm. series, you kind of need to know who Data was because there's quite a lot of stuff about his kind of legacy. So you'd need to kind of know, mm. like watch one or two episodes of Next Gen or, or one of the films or something just to know who he was. But then they bring in new characters, they introduce new characters, and it's sort of a new crew, as it were, who are with him. So you don't, it doesn't, there are quite a lot of references in there, but you don't really need to understand all the references to understand the current storyline, I don't think. Mm. It's hard to sort of put yourself in the position of somebody who's completely (laughs) unfamiliar, but but I, I I would say you could watch it with limited familiarity with, with the previous series. I don't know what you think, Dion. Yes. <laughs> and, I do, and I actually wonder slightly because um, we were listening to Barry um, and um, Ant. Ant talking about on, on one of the podcasts. And in some ways you're a little bit, I think, almost having too much familiarity. You may be going to lessen your enjoyment a bit because you're going to be spotting Mm. all of the references and all of the stuff that's already been done and, and yeah. almost like kind of ticking things going oh well that's something from that show and that's something from you know and it almost becomes I don't know it loses a bit of its freshness I suppose if you're too familiar maybe yeah. so I feel Have like I'm seen? in a happy medium where I'm not I'm not looking for references every five seconds but I'm I'm sort of a I kind of understand the main things that I need to understand Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen that episode of South Park about the member berries? Because I feel like <laughs> it's it's basically some berries that every time you eat them, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And it's just like a reference to something older. And I feel like some some of these sorts of things do suffer a bit from that, like bringing in random things just to go, hey, do you remember this? Like um, the yeah. big example for me was the Solo movie. Right. Because um, yeah. with Star Wars, I have seen all of the films but I've read like zero of the comics, none of the books. I've, I've, I've got a bit hard. Well, I watched all of Boba Fett technically. I was in the room, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was not fully understanding. So, yeah, so I don't know like an awful lot about stuff, but the solo movie seemed to me like, hey, do you remember these, you know, dice yeah. from the, the Falcon or do you, oh, do, you me- do you remember this? And it's like, yeah, I do. Actually, it was quite a big thing yeah. in the films. Can we get on with the plot? 
no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the fan service thing, isn't it? It's cramming mm. in so much stuff just to kind of please the fans instead of actually going, right, well, look, here's a new story. Here are the same characters, but they're actually changing. They're not exactly the same. Yeah. You know, it's keeping things moving forward instead of just, do you swear on this podcast? I can't remember. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, you might want to edit the bits together then um, <laughs> instead of just wanking over the past. Yeah, well, this is the thing, because I don't mind a bit of fan service if it's done well. Like, I mean, I don't know if you've seen Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. What's the one? Is it No Way Home? I no forget. Home. Stop having titles with home in. It's very confusing to this little bint. I'm, um, I'm just looking forward to Spider-Man Home Economics, where you get to see his new kitchen. <laughs> about 20 years time <laughs> i was gonna say based on the end of no way home i think it'll be a while before he owns a kitchen <laughs> um but that movie felt to me like fan service done right if that makes sense like it wasn't so much about oh do you just remember this thing it was like actually driving the plot forward whilst also being like look at what's on the fucking screen lads isn't this good yeah. like yeah i love yeah, it yeah well it kept it kept the focus on the current spider-man as it were you know it kept his story moving forward and the other people being there and their experiences had meaning for his own journey yeah yeah exactly see because this is why i'm wondering about picard is that if i were to try and pick it up though if season three is like hey welcome back everyone from this show you didn't watch yeah is that going to be the one that i'm going to be like i don't know (laughs) yeah i i think yeah you maybe want to have been at least on the journey of you know one two and three if mm-hmm. if you are going to go back and peek at, at next gen i wouldn't really bother until end of season three yeah i mean maybe mid season three but you know you can pretty much ignore the first two seasons yeah well what i'll do is that like after after the end of the next series of picard i'll just come back to you and say right what, what do i need to watch <laughs> <laughs> to see where i can go with this because uh the, the thing is as well there's so much star trek that it's like mm. and i know you know I've got pretty much all the time in the world at the moment since we rarely go out and do things. But like, do you know when you just don't feel like that much of a commitment? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got lists on, on the various streaming channels of things that I'm interested in seeing, genuinely interested in seeing. And I yeah. never have time to get around to any of them, let mm. alone the stuff that I'm not that interested in seeing. So I'd well, say unless it's something you're massively interested in, don't you yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's it's probably on the B list if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. have, however, been watching Moon Knight, which I know you've watched as well. Yeah, I have. Now, Moon Knight's been an interesting one for me because, uh-huh. uh, as previously mentioned, that the terrible memory. I tried to read Moonlight. I mean, I was going to say a couple of years ago, but it was probably actually closer to about ten years ago. <laughs> now that I think about it, and found it intensely baffling. Couldn't keep up with the comics like at all because i was like which personality is this what is happening in egypt i don't get it <laughs> and like the having like the month between issues as well was just like oh hello everything's gone from my brain who's this guy again like sometimes i would literally forget who mark specter was unless he was in his moon night suit which is really fucking silly yeah <laughs> but the show i've been loving because i feel like it's got it's got a really good balance between being a bit intriguing and like not giving you everything immediately 
yeah whilst not being like utterly baffling because when i'm completely baffled by something i just can't i just like i'll just be like no i'm out i feel stupid and i'm embarrassed now and i don't want to be it's not enjoyable to me to be embarrassed while i'm watching something so that's one of the things i've been really liking about this because i was worried that i would watch it and i've got to watch it because everything's tying together isn't it at some point and Mm -hmm. you know you feel like you have to watch it i mean i've got to go back and watch uh What's the one I haven't watched? What if before Doctor Strange comes out? I've been told. Yeah, <laughs> I think that will help. Yeah, so um, so I was like, right, I've got to watch this. Let's go in with an open mind. Let's see how I get on. And yeah, within an episode, I was like, oh, this is rad. This is. And also, Oscar Isaac is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Good lord. <laughs> There's a bit in the first episode where he was like nodding off on somebody's back on the bus, and the guy was like, ugh. And I was like, what are you doing? Let him have a <laughs> let him have a kip on your back, mate. Stroke I would. True, <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like, oh, do you want to use my bosom as a pillow? Uh, Take a selfie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what what do you guys think about it? Because my main takeaway at the moment is it's not confusing, which is good. <laughs> I think they did a really clever thing actually by kind of coming in with Stephen as the central character mm-hmm. because he is more confused than anybody. So. Yeah. You as the audience, you're sort of like, oh, right, we're meant to be confused because he's confused. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. Mm. And he's just this poor little guy who's trying, <laughs> who's trying to live his life and all this weird shit keeps happening to him. Yeah. So I know I've been really I don't not familiar with the comic character at all. I hadn't think I'd even heard of it until they said they were making the film. But I am really I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I think they've done a really good job. Yeah. That, that balance as well of sort of having different personalities being the main character on different episodes just gives you the chance to really get to know them and value them equally. I think. Mm. Oscar, especially the last episode, there's a scene last episode that came out. There's a scene where he switches from Mark to Stephen and like, it's so well done that his face just changes. Mm. There's no special effects or anything. It's just his, his whole sort of body language and facial expression just changes. And like, okay, this is a different person now, different personality. And yeah, I think he's doing a really good job of it. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking with Rich about that the other day, and I was saying that his performance really reminds me of um, Christopher Reeve as Superman. You know how he goes from like Clark Kent being all sort of like meek and like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, oh, lads. (laughs) And then, you know, the glasses come off and the shirt rips open, and he's like a totally different dude. Yeah. And I just think, like, I love Oscar Isaac. I mean, he's been in some duff movies, but I don't think he's ever been duff in any of them. So I was really excited when they cast him because I was like, why isn't he already in the Marvel Universe? That's absolutely baffling to me. But I think they did a really good thing in sort of waiting and, and getting the right project for him. And I think this is this is definitely it. And this is another thing that I was worried about was from the trailers. You know, they showed you like that. I don't know if the, the accent is different between the trailers and the show. But in the, in the trailers, I was like, what is this? What is this British accent he's doing? It's bad. It's terrible. I'm going to hate this. But it so works for the character and the show itself. Um, And like you say, when he switches from him to Mark and then there's like that hint of another personality that we haven't quite seen yet. Yeah, I think I personally am absolutely. I think it's probably the best Marvel show since WandaVision, which is still my favourite. Ooh, Um, i got to say, Hawkeye, I think, tips it. But okay. Oh, okay. Do you know what? I'll give you that. I do really like Hawkeye. But I think One Division I liked because it was so different. Because Hawkeye felt to me like a superhero movie in a television format. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Whereas One Division felt to me like, I don't know what the fuck this is for the first like, three episodes. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is it? What is happening? And I didn't realise Paul Bettany was funny until 
WandaVision and he got to do all the sort of like, um, you know, 50s comedy, you know, sitcom type bits. And I was like, oh, he's he's got comedy chops. He has. He does. He does. Although I think I, I spotted that first in A Knight's Tale when he played, was it Chaucer? Mm. I still haven't seen that. People oh, keep mate, telling me I should. Well, I mean, I don't mean to like potentially reveal some top secret knowledge before the uh the effect but a po- a new a new space podcast might be coming out soon in which i'll watch movies i haven't seen <laughs> yeah, so um, on the list that, yeah, that will definitely go on the list because yeah. a lot of people say as well that heath ledger is really good in that but like i think i've only seen heath ledger in a dark night <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which is uh, a bizarre performance to judge a whole man on mm. but yeah. <laughs> i've not seen him in much but um he's he's just genuinely warm and lovable in that movie and paul mm. bettany is just a revelation he's he's yeah so funny um oh, and you'll nice. never you'll never see um oh god what's the guy who plays adamar in it clay what's his name the actor he was in dark city as well rufus oh, sewell rufus, yes yeah you'll he's never hate rufus sewell more <laughs> <laughs> well, i don't way. think i know who he is so um yeah, he's probably one of these actors you look at and you go oh yeah it's him from that thing yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, I've got like it was a big uh, deal in about 1995 for like six months, and then yeah, Mr. Smolder. Yeah, there's a uh, there's there's a thing that I like to call uh, having like the silence. You know the silence from Doctor Who, where every time you looked away from them, you forgot that they were there. Yeah, yeah. There's a few actors who are like that for me. Like Billy Crudup is a big one. Couldn't tell you what he looks like, what he's been in. Seen a ton of movies with him in though, <laughs> <laughs> so I reckon he's probably one of those guys. I'm like ah. Oh, him and then i'll look away and forget him again uh but then you see because you've got this goldfish memory it means you can enjoy things all over again as though for the first well, time do you know what this is uh the the podcast where i'm going to be watching things i've never seen before i did say there's a strong chance things are going to end up on the list that i have actually seen and i won't even remember <laughs> <laughs> and then i'll get to the end of and be like hey good that wouldn't it and oh, i've fantastic. watched it before when but, you get um, two-thirds of the way through and then you go actually <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure i know how this ends Oops. bell rings somewhere <laughs> i did uh, quite recently well i say recently again my sense of time is baffling when rich was in hospital in september 2020 uh, i watched a film called i want to say it's called like the long five years or something like that it's a musical it's got um anna kendrick in it and i watched the whole film and i was like oh that was all right that was and then about three days later a facebook memory came up that said oh i've just watched this it's a bit boring isn't it and i was like oh my god it's the same fucking film i've just watched it again entirely like it was a new thing to my eyes didn't remember a single bit how do you forget a whole musical I don't, like, none of the songs <laughs> yeah none, obviously none of the songs stuck with me the plot obviously didn't stick with me the cast didn't stick with me but i'm like how do you forget because musicals mm-hmm. like you really have to suspend your disbelief with a musical that everybody's you know wandering around singing and dancing and things so i feel like that would really stick in your head but no watched the whole film got to the end thought uh that was all right three days later was told i thought the same thing five years ago <laughs> my brain two hours you're never gonna get back anyway moon night's good though isn't it (laughs) and it's nice actually um to have something new i think as well because Mm. although i've I've actually enjoyed all of the i know you know some of the sort of varying quality but i've enjoyed all the mcu shows but this is the first one where it's been an entirely new sort of character and it's not really referencing the films at all so far yeah i'm not quite sure how nothing that i've noticed anyway yeah it's been very subtle about it so I think it's there was mention nice. of that place that they, that island place that they went oh, to. Oh, yeah, Manticore, wasn't there? yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, really other than just like the odd well. tiny little reference, you could watch the whole thing and, and well, so far you could watch the whole thing and not have seen a single MCU film. So Yeah. Yeah, it'd be intriguing to see how this one does connect because um mm. like I was talking to I think it was Barry. <laughs> He's gonna kill me for forgetting. Um mm. about the the TV shows because I said before like I think it's a, a teeny bit unfair to sort of tie them in too much to the movies considering there's going to be probably a few people who maybe can't afford a Disney Plus who might not be able to see it but then I was really baffled so spoilers for No Way Home a bit here lads I was really baffled when I went to see No Way Home because I thought the end of Loki was going to be part of the sort of trigger for the multiversal situation mm. in Spider-Man and it didn't tie-in at all and I couldn't fathom in my head how any of it's working now with the multiverse because it seems like it might be fixed but Loki's still definitely duffed it up so <laughs> my the way I I sort of understood it in my brain and I don't know if this is right or not was that what happened in Loki like the multiverse existed before that but it was being kept very much under control by that what mm. you know the TVA the, um, they were sort of making sure that things only happened in a certain way and what happened in Loki kind of opened up the multiverse and therefore enabled Doctor Strange to, you know, sort of do the spell, which then kind of broke open the multiverse. Mm. That yeah, was, so that was my think... kind of understanding of it. But you didn't you didn't really need to know that up until that point he couldn't have done it because uh, because of what happened in Loki. That was what enabled him to do it. Yeah, that was sort of my my way I understood it. But yeah, I similar. Yeah. So if you think of Loki kind of unlocking the door and then, um, yeah. you know, strange open to the door. Yeah, that makes sense. As it were. Because, <laughs> uh, like I say, I'm an easily baffled lady. <laughs> so, yeah. And I don't do well at, like, timey-wimey sort of business. Yeah. So the idea of there being many timelines are happening, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> well, we, we, we do an awful lot of headcanon stuff in our household. Our, our daughter, Summer Rose, she's... Uh, God, she's going to be 16 this year. She and Chloe will Mm. just sit and natter for hours about the most obscure comic stuff that Summer's picked up, throwing it in with the MCU mix, bringing in headcanon and just deciding this is what's happening here. And I, I just I just accept Everything. You know, it's you fine. know the way you'll know this, Stace, that that nobody can obsess quite in the way that a teenage girl can obsess over something. Yeah, absolutely. So she's obsessing over Marvel at the moment, and she's got uh, Marvel Unlimited. Uh, so she's got all the comics she can access on her um, iPad and just sort of dip in and out. And so she'll just tell me just all of these obscure kind of uh, Marvel facts, and I'll just sit there going, "Okay, yeah, all right, all right." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. that one away for later yeah we learned the other day that the island of krakoa in the x-men started out as like a mutant who's just become an island and so it's <laughs> alive or, or something and we're just nodding and okay yeah that's, sure. uh, that's good file yeah, that away sure. <laughs> have you guys seen turning red at all yeah. Yes. Oh, I loved that. And I was really cross when I saw online some like daft bloke was reviewing it and saying like kids aren't that obsessive over like boy bands or whatever at that age. Like, come on now. And I thought, mate, when I was 13, right, I was so obsessed with the anime Escaflone that me and my friends would pass each other notes in school written as though we were the characters from it having a conversation. Like, we fully were obsessed with that show, even though arguably it's not that good. <laughs> I 
I mean, I still love it, but it's like, yeah, it's I couldn't. It's really hard to recommend to people because I'm like, look, it's weird, man. There's like dragons and robots, and also like a plot where somebody kidnaps someone and turns her into a boy, and I don't yeah. know why. I don't know what the point of that was. Um, but yeah, we were fully obsessed with that show, and I was like, I absolutely as well was obsessed with the band A One. If anyone remembers the terrible band A One. <laughs> Funnily ben. enough, I think I can't remember his name. I think I think I had a taxi with one of the singers from A One. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> because this is news to me. No, no, no. What did he touch? Summer and I went to see up at our local <laughs> art centre. They had um, Flash Dance the Musical, starring <laughs> her off of Strictly, Joanne something from Strictly. And one of the people from A1, and I can't remember his, say 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 their names. What's the? What, I, I only remember Ben because he was the one I was I fully was, obsessed I with. I think it was Ben. He was beautiful. He had and terrible he was playing curves, the love interest, but... yeah. And, and, and then he we, deep we were getting mind. a taxi back down into town. I think at the time we, we, went, we went to stay with my mum. She had a house in, in the town. So we got a taxi and we were going down the hill. And the taxi driver said, oh, there's, there's Ben and Joanne. I normally give them a lift. Do you mind if I pick them up? So he put, picked up That's amazing. <laughs> the two stars of the show. And we were sat in the taxi kind of going, oh, we've just been to see the show. Well done. <laughs> I would have absolutely shit myself. You know, you know, when, uh, you know, when you see in like uh, TV shows when people meet someone famous and they just go like, <laughs> that would have been me. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. He was nice though. He was quite. He seemed nice. <laughs> he didn't seem full of himself too much. So uh, you were right. Your, your teenage crush is 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 safe. It's, it's yeah. He's he was on um some one of the you know many sort of talenty type. Let's put a celeb in a talent show things once, and he seemed like a really nice dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't feel bad about fancying him when I was a kid. <laughs> Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Sometimes you, you, you get these teenage crushes and they just turn out to be total monsters. Total disasters. I feel oh sorry for anybody, anybody who fancied, uh, oh, which guy was it for me, 17, who ran over his own head trying to get a baked potato in his car or something ridiculous. <laughs> Do you know what? I want to say that that's not the story, but that's really close to the story. I think I'm just conflating a few bit, but it was something to do with a baked potato and he ran over himself in his car. <laughs> But imagine that being the guy that you fancied when you were a kid. You're like, oh, no, he's an actual disaster. <laughs> I think in some ways that would take the pressure off. You'd be like, oh, thank God for that. I don't have to worry anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it turns out he is, in fact, a normal person and not, yeah. you know, the perfect guy that I thought he was. Yeah. Oh, dear. He didn't die, by the way. I feel like I should just clarify yeah, that. I'm not just I was, laughing I was thinking, thinking a bit bad about laughing. Just in case it turned out that he managed to completely run himself over. No, no. He's, yeah. he's still an alive man. But, yeah. I, d- yeah, I don't think I'd have shared the potato detail if it had died. Because <laughs> yeah. that feels like it's mocking the dead, doesn't it? Um, anyway, completely irrelevant. Gone so far off topic. It is insane. <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about. I think it was Moon Knight. <laughs> we started there, but in, in the book, oh, we were talking uh, about we did start talking about Turning Red, which which I um, yeah yes, yes. watched recently. I was saying about. Yeah, Teenage did you guys enjoy it? Obsessive. We did a lot. Me yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, I was, I was, I wasn't sure what to expect because from the trailers, I was just like, oh, okay, this looks cute. Um, and I don't know why. Again, I am a bit of an idiot. I don't, I don't know why I didn't think it would be about puberty and and menstruation and things. Mm. <laughs> so when it, it turned out, it was Teen Wolf as a girl. <laughs> that was what I thought from the trailer. Like yeah. Teen Wolf, but it's a girl. But it was yeah. so much better than Teen Wolf. It, it was really so much was. warmer, funnier. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it's probably one of the most realistic depictions of like a group of teen girl friends mm. that I've seen for quite a while. The little, I can't remember her name there, but the little one who's got very sort of like manic gremlin energy. Yeah. I, I loved her. So I was like, oh, I wish I was her. She's great. <laughs> She's going to grow up to be an absolute nutter. And I love it. The animation was fantastic as well. That was the other thing that like really sold me on it because I did watch Encanto and I thought it looked beautiful, but I was not actually that sold on the plot or the songs for that movie. So when Turning Red came out, which was the one that I, of the two, it was the one I was least excited about because I thought, oh yeah, it just it just looks cute, doesn't it? Um, I was genuinely surprised by how like brilliant it was. Mm. I don't know if it's because I, I'm also a person who wants to be perfect for a mom, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. they did a re- they did a really good job of that because I, I I think when you get these sort of coming of age things I think it, it's always important to sort of show that the adults have got some learning to do as well as the kids yeah and it was it was sort of very much about that wasn't it it was about the mum having to kind of learn how to accept that her daughter's growing up and then the relationship between the mum and the grandma and yeah. just kind of you know it's not just about you know she's got to mature she's got to become you know responsible or anything like that it's it's also about how she how she reacts with her parents and mm. being allowed to be a bit of a messy te- teenager because that's what teenagers are like and you should, well, you should try and shut that down necessarily well this is the thing I mean I you know I'm sure my mum will hate me for saying this but I remember when I was about 17 18 uh, I'd got it into my head that I was going to move in with a friend of mine and my mum had like a full-on meltdown about it because she just did not want me to go which is adorable now that I think about it as an adult but like it got to a point where like New Year's Day like that year she uh, decided to just lock herself in a bedroom and not talk to me for the whole day and I was like oh gosh and I thought you know what it's really nice to have a movie recognised that sometimes even adults don't have all the answers (laughs) and maybe they're not prepared for everything either and that everybody's just sort of people trying to you know figure things out and get through (laughs) Yeah, well, I think um, very much when you are a kid, you you don't recognise that your parents have been where you are and are still to some degree figuring things out, you know? Yeah. It's it's a tough thing. But some of these movies, like you say recently, um, Encanto, what was that one we saw the other day, Chloe? The, um, Coco. Coco, yeah, yeah, the Day of the Dead one as well. And it's like a, a lot of these films seem now to be recognising that, that the adults who were watching the films with the kids need to see themselves just as much as the kids need to see themselves. Yeah. Yeah. If you get me. And it is, it is making for, I think a much warmer, more inclusive and more interesting family dynamic when it comes to family movie time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big Pixar proponent anyway, to be honest. I don't, I've not seen cars and cars too i've got a thing and this is going to sound really stupid about anthropomorphic cars i don't i don't like it and i don't get it and i don't know like i get why it's appealing to kids totally but for me it's like eh, why do i care about a car's problems <laughs> yeah, yeah I, do, I do feel like the cars movies i've seen the first two hmm. and they keep making them for some reason i feel like they are very much aimed at like the kids to sort yeah. of just because a lot of the Pixar movies, they work on a lot of different levels and you can go in and watch them as an adult and really get something out of them and the kids will get something out of them as well. But I feel like with the Cars movies, they're OK, but they are very much aimed at kids. That's the yeah. level they're pitched at. So, yeah. you know, you're not missing, you're not really missing out particularly. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think those are the only ones I haven't actually seen. But things like Inside Out, like I, I was mm. not prepared for that when I went mm. to see that at the cinema the first time. Absolutely so. reckless. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I was like crying. I was like, Rich, why is this movie calling me out about depression? What's it? <laughs> why? Oh my god, have you ever seen a Monster Calls? Just a bit off topic here. I I think I know the one you mean. Was it based on a Patrick Ness book? It may have been. Yeah, it's a bit like a kid who sort of befriends a big old talking tree that's voiced tree by Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, do you know what? One. I didn't watch it, and the reason I didn't watch it, and this is ridiculous, is that I'd recently watched um the the film version of i kill giants <gasps> yes oh my god and conceptually the two just seemed so similar mm. that i went well i've seen this one so i don't need to see that one but i've heard um the monster calls is very good it is very good but me and rich so we hadn't read the story that it was based on and we went to see it based entirely on the trailers which made, which made it look like a fun adventure romp with a tree and a boy and it like not to spoil it for you but that's categorically not what it is it's about dealing with grief and depression <laughs> like even rich cried and i was like oh god the pair of us just sitting there like blasting in the cinema <laughs> i wasn't prepared for this oh what a disaster it is good, but I, th- I think I Kill Giants is slightly better, but I don't know if that's because I've got quite a strong connection to the book anyway. Like, I absolutely adore that that graphic oh, novel. amazing. Yeah, yeah. I bought it specifically for Summer, and do you know what? I'm not entirely sure if she's read it, and I'll kill her if she hasn't. But I bought it, I bought it for her about five or six years ago, um, yeah. and, I mean, I've read it through, like, three times and just adored it. And I think – did. Didn't we get her like dressed up as the main character from that at some point for her? Oh, I think you might have done at some point, but it, I Bunny think it might have been, glasses yeah, before she she'd actually read it, so she really yeah, yeah. wasn't sure what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I might I might have to nudge her in that direction again. She, yeah, she's, definitely. She's got a collection of sort of um, trade paperbacks stuffed in a drawer under her bed, and sometimes mm-hmm. she pulls them out to read them, but most of the time she's just on Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> Oh, I haven't read a comic in ages. That's a really bad thing to admit, but there's too many of them, and I am too brain dead. <laughs> like, a lot of people were saying to me, you know, you've been in lockdown, like, what else have you got to do? And I'm like, but not not an awful lot else, but I don't know. I've just found, like, comics has been the one thing that I haven't been able to, like, focus on, and I don't know if it's because of, like, the gaps between the issues or what, but my brain just doesn't work as it used to. Lockdown has turned it slightly into mush, I think so like I find it easier to watch like a standalone movie or something than I do to like read a comic and then a month later be back in the same headspace and be like right let's read the next issue of this comic yeah Um, it's where the digital stuff helps isn't it it's because you can you can sort of splurge through it but I know what you mean it's hard when you've got sort of limited spare time Mm -hmm. to really you know to be able to do everything you want to do you know I mean I'm interested in books i'm interested in films tv series computer games board games com- um you, you know all, all sorts of things you know i want to get back into music and mm. and you just you can't do everything so i mean i don't know how you focus but i i tend to kind of just focus on one thing enjoy that one thing for a while and then i'll go right well it's been ages since i've played these computer games or since i've you know done whatever and yeah. so i'll switch and i'll spend a bit of time doing that and then i'll switch back to something else and just I mean, I'm never ahead of the curve, but I, I'm <laughs> I'm always catching up. But at least when I'm catching up, I'm I'm hearing the things that are worth looking at or playing or doing or or seeing. Yeah. And then you know, I'm I'm just sort of cherry picking those good ones. I'm quite lucky because I'm not good at video games, so I've never <laughs> I've never had that as one of the things that I have to try and focus my time on. Mm. Whereas Rich is like, I mean, he's recently bought. I want to say. Oh, what's that game with Aloy where she runs around and does like stuff in forests and shit? 
people are shouting at me, I'm sure, but it's very, very big popular game that happened recently. And then he bought himself Elden Ring. And I was like, Rich, you've barely played an hour of that other game. And he was like, oh, no. And then Elden Ring turned out to be too hard. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you've seen anybody play it because I quite enjoy watching other people play games. So I watch quite a few like different Let's Play YouTube channels and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, like Aaron from Game Grumps is playing Elden Ring at the moment, and it's very clear to me that he's putting a lot of hours outside of recording the show, right. because otherwise there is no way he'd be blitzing through it as quickly as he is. Because Rich, I mean, bless him, he started a fight with the first person he saw, and then she just kept relentlessly hunting him down and killing him. <laughs> and every every time it respawned him, he'd be right in front of her just after having like challenged her to a fight, and she's like, right, come here. That's <laughs> so, so he mean. Just, he just kept dying like. It must have been seven or eight times before we just turned the game off. It was like, well, that's annoying. <laughs> but thankfully, yeah, I don't worry about that. <laughs> am I right? Elden Ring's based on a George R. R. Martin thing? I don't know if it's based on, but I know he's had some sort of hand in, in it. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know if he's been sort of helping write it or whatever. But it looks like a game that would a thousand percent be something I could get into because it's all, you know, like trolls and monsters and dragons and knights and swords and bows and arrows and things but like literally even like just casually walking around you might happen upon a bear and it'll eat your face (laughs) and i'm like i can't worry about bears while i'm trying to worry about you know that giant rock monster over there not seeing me like i'm trying to hide in this bush and this bear's like what's up mate (laughs) like i can't <laughs> I just, I, just, I haven't, no, I can't, I, and I get too scared as well when I play games. I panic when any sort of enemies come near me. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, you should see me playing Zelda. It's not even a scary game, but like, you know, when you get that like spooky music that's like, oh, yeah, yeah. there's an enemy nearby, I'm like, oh, no, I'm tense. <laughs> Oh, well, now, Chloe's going to completely embarrass me by telling you about me playing Little Nightmares, which is a cutesy, kidsy little game. Have you heard of Little Nightmares? No. So, Chloe, what was I like playing Little well, Nightmares? Well, yeah, that was the one, wasn't it, where, because I, I, I wasn't really, like, paying that much attention, but you were sitting downstairs on your laptop, and I kept going, here we go, ah, no, oh, no, he's sleeping, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one with the guy sort of long, with, like, long arms groping yeah, around yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, guy. So, I mean, this is a game where you're, you're, like, you wake up, and you're at the bottom of, like, some ship or something, and you don't have any kind of weapons you don't get to ever have any kind of weapons you've just got to sneak around and try not to get caught by these hideous creature like these warped gigantic beings who are trying to sort of catch you and eat you literally all you've got is like a little cigarette lighter so you can light um light little candles and things and you can creep around Uh, that's it it's it's really cute, it's really sweet, but it's also really horrific. And I was <laughs> shitting my pants while playing that game, and I still haven't finished it. And because I'd already written a review for it, I thought, well, I've written the review now, so I don't have to play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I'd be terrible at that because I'm not good at sneaky bits in games. Like um, I was when I was playing uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. There's a bit where you have to get in a barrel and sneak around. Uh, ship so that you don't get seen by these pirates yeah, yeah. and it seems like my reflexes are like the opposite of good <laughs> so like i'd be like right there's the pirate so i'm there i'm still in my in my barrel and then i'm like right he's looking the other way the instant i stand up there's another pirate there yeah. going oh look at this fucking moving barrel 
mateys and I'm like oh now I've been caught and now I'm back on the land Ugh, bollocks mm. and that is that is me in a sneaking game basically mm. just not getting around even a little bit <laughs> <laughs> I gave up on Wind Waker unless you were <laughs> if you were interested in how I got on with sneaking <laughs> it was not well there does come um, a point with a game where you're just like I'm just stressing myself out yeah. all the time yeah. trying to and do this swearing and slamming keys and this is supposed to be something I'm doing for my own enjoyment <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it's like that gambling ad isn't it it's like when the fun stops stop yeah. and you're like yeah this hasn't been fun for a while I think I'm having palpitations <laughs> Oh dear! I watched um, the Eurogamer Let's Play of the latest Resident Evil game, and I oh. was like, "Thank God I didn't play this myself because it was, it was so spooky." <laughs> there was one sequence where there's like a giant sort of mutant baby, and when I say giant, I mean it just about fits in the corridor, just sort of like slugging itself along and gurgling and babbling and making creepy baby laugh noises, and I was like, "Oh, hey!" <laughs> There's no way I could have played that section of the game because I would have just shit myself yeah. and panicked. <laughs> yeah, there's something about it, isn't it? When when you've got that music going on, you know, the yeah. sound effects, and it's not like a movie where you're just watching it. You can affect the action. Yeah, yeah and it's... all of a sudden that responsibility is on you, and you get drawn in. Total panic. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I get. It's almost like I feel like I'm legitimately in the game and I might actually die. Yeah. which is a stupid way to think of it when you've got a giant baby monster slithering towards you in a corridor. Mm. Uh, but, um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> I, did, I didn't like that. D- d- because it's vaguely gang-related, what a great segue, Stace. Well done. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Sonic 2, if you don't mind. Go, go, go. Oh, my God. Uh, do you care about Sonic at all? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> oh, most people that I know don't, and it's quite sad. Um <laughs> Now, I saw Sonic 2 first, well, I say first, it's like the first time at the cinema since Spider-Man, which was the first time at the cinema since Sonic 1 in February 2020. (laughs) I flipping love these movies. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say (laughs) that they are adorable. Sell them to us, because we we haven't played the games. We haven't seen the movies. Well, the thing about the movies is they're not not really like the games, because the games are like platformers, like, oh, you're in, I don't know, an Aztec city, you've got to jump on these platforms and jump on the heads of these monsters and uh, you'll free a little baby animal. Because for some reason, the evil guy in this game is turning cute baby animals into murderous robots. Uh, okay, like you Bit do, rude. Yeah. <laughs> Bit rude. Um, so the films are like, well, the first film was nothing like the game because it was literally like Sonic's now on Earth. And so he's just doing things on Earth. There's no like funky Aztec, you know, uh, ruins or underwater chemical plants <laughs> or whatever. But the reason I liked it is because... It's so fun and it doesn't care about it's one of these films that doesn't take itself too seriously because I found like a lot of people. I personally liked them, but a lot of people's problems with like the Michael Bay Turtles movies were people like, how am I to take these like massive roided up turtles running around New York? Seriously, it's just stupid. Like, what am I doing? Um, Whereas this film is just like, you know how you love Sonic running around being fast. I bet that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. And there's like portions of the film that are like blatantly for kids. Like at one point, Sonic flosses, which I was like, oh god, can we just let flossing die, please? The, the, the dance floss, or with his teeth. The dance floss, yeah. I don't want to let dental flossing die because it's a useful activity for your tutty pegs. But yeah, so the felt like the first film was like Sonic's on Earth, 
and now Robotnik's here and Robotnik's trying to do him a murder and James Marsden's there looking cute and it's just a cute film where Sonic is trying to escape and it's really sweet um, and fun, like really fun. Ben Schwartz does an amazing job at, at doing the voice of Sonic. I love Ben Schwartz anyway. Got a massive crush on Ben Schwartz. Don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> it's a good job I've only got about eight listeners. But the second film was where, like, so for me, I think it might even be better than the first one because in the second film they bring in much more of the game-related stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's loads of like little Easter eggy references that are great if you like the games, but like it's not going to ruin your day if you don't understand them if you've never played the games. Um, so for example, there's a bit where in the underwater levels in Sonic, if you start to lose your breath, if you can find something that's generating bubbles, you can suck one of those in to like sloop up some air. Okay. Um, and there's a there's a bit in the in the movie that does that, so everybody was like, oh, that's really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and they bring in Knuckles and Tails. Now Tails is one of my favourite characters from Sonic, which I'm fairly certain half of the internet is going to come at me for now because everybody hates Tails, but me. <laughs> Ruin the games he did. Tails is a fox who's got two tails and he can use them as a helicopter. Right, okay. And people didn't like him because he's not as fast as Sonic and, like, Sonic doesn't need to fly. And I was like, well, who cares? Leave me alone. He's a fox with two tails and he's very cute. God, just have fun, people. Uh, Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, Sonic and Knuckles and Tails are all in the second movie and it is just like joyous fun from like start to finish it's just a bunch of people having a really fun time running around with like robots (laughs) and and gadgets and uh cute cgi foxes and i loved it and it's jim carrey as well plays dr robotnik and he's fully back in his like 90s insanity sort of period okay so he's kind of ace ventura mask sort of yeah like that that level of sort of like mad faces and like overacting which I was sort of worried about it at first because I really wanted, this is going to sound stupid, I really wanted Robotnik to be fat because he's fat in the games. But as Rich pointed out, you couldn't get anybody with Robotnik's actual body size because although he is fat, he's essentially an egg with very thin legs. <laughs> right. I think that's why he's called Dr. Eggman in America rather than Robotnik mm-hmm. because he looks like a, a big egg person with teeny, teeny weeny, the teeniest twiggy legs. But yeah, I was like, oh, it's a bit of a shame. They haven't cast a fat actor. And like, you know, oh, is Jim Carrey going to be a bit much? But actually, he's sort of perfect for it because it's it's a film that's like, like I say, it doesn't take itself so seriously. So you can really get behind him being like a proper like pantomime villain almost. Mm. And I just and what, had like a hell of a load of fun with it. What sort of age group would you say it's aimed at? Um, I mean, I think it's it strikes a really good balance between being four people who played Sonic as a kid, but also like introducing new people to sonic so i think if you took like a a seven-year-old to see it they'd probably love it because it's Mm. fast and it's fun and it's cute and there's loads of action like loads of set pieces and stuff but like there's so much there to appreciate as a person who is my age who enjoyed sonic as a kid just seeing tails on screen running around to me i was like oh rich it's so cute there was a bit oh god it's not even a proper spoiler because it doesn't really matter but there was a bit where they're on a bit of an adventure and they go to sleep in a cabin and sonic looks a bit cold so tails puts his tails over sonic to keep him warm and i almost cried (laughs) i was like these two cgi animals care for each other so much (laughs) having a proper meltdown it was adorable it's really sweet yeah i loved it (laughs) awesome I don't know if I've sold you on it, um, because I do think it is probably not for adults if they're not that interested in Sonic, right. personally. Well, I, 
I oh. always found like I, I tried it. We bought um the disc with basically all of the Sonic games on oh. for my daughter about Christ, I don't know, eight years ago, something like that, when when she sort of um first started getting a little bit interested in computer games. Yeah. And she immediately went, No, because it was too <laughs> fast and too difficult. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, you know, I never got a chance to play this as a kid. I never had a Sega. Go on, I'll I'll give it a go. I'll show you. We'll we'll help you. And I couldn't get past the first level. It was too fast. I didn't <laughs> like it. Nope, nope, nope. Too fast. Yeah, the the thing the thing about Sonic is everybody thinks you have to play it fast. And right. like a lot of people say like, Oh, you know, because Sonic goes fast, you should go fast, but I can't control him like that because no, he can suddenly wing off a, a thing and then land on a pile of spikes you didn't even see coming. And you're yeah, like, what? Yeah. What happened here? So I am one of those people who everybody else, Rich hates watching me play Sonic because I, I just walk around. <laughs> like, unless I need to use the speed to, like, go through a loop-de-loop or something, I will yeah. never go fast. That's why I like Tails, because Tails just goes at a fairly regular speed and he can fly. Yeah. Um, that's why I loved when he, like, appeared in, uh, I think it was Sonic 2. Like, I was just, like, immediately, like, Tails every time tails because i can avoid spikes by having a little helicopter around like oh, what's over here oh yeah spikes let's avoid that part and uh yeah i mean i still i still don't think i ever completed any sonic games though because i am trash at the underwater levels and i almost always just drown <laughs> there'll be that like countdown and that panic music where it's like you're gonna die you're gonna die you're gonna die you get yeah you're dead <laughs> And you realise you've been time. holding your breath the whole time. <laughs> You'd be like, I'm gonna drown. I'm gonna drown. Yeah, I'm there just sweating. Like, <sighs> yeah, I, I, I do love those games though. But yeah, I, I am the world's most frustrating Sonic player. I couldn't do like you know how people do speed runs of games yeah. and like literally whiz through a Sonic game. I'd be like, no, I'll have died a thousand times by then. Lost all my rings. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that. Like for me, once you've played a game, you've played it, and it's. Mm. I mean, you have to play through so many times to be able to do a speed run. Yeah. And there's just there's way more new games, <laughs> new things to read, new things to watch, new things to listen to. Who has the time to just? Yeah. That's crazy. To master like one game like that. Yeah. I mean, I barely have time to finish most of the games because I'm crap at them. <laughs> I think the only games I have ever finished are Mario games, and that might be a really pathetic thing <laughs> to admit to. But um, oh well. Hey, I've waffled for a really long time. Do you want to talk about something you guys have been up to? What do you think, Chloe? What what comes to mind for you? Um, <laughs> we've got we, yeah, because we've we've got a couple of sort of non-geeky TV shows we've been watching lately, haven't we? Um, so we 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 have a bit of a foreign language kick at the moment. So we watched Lupin. Ah, I've French, heard very good things. About yeah, this. very good. Excellent. Uh, French sort of gentleman. I I didn't I'd never heard of the character. It seems like he's a really big deal. Like he's sort of the equivalent to Sherlock Holmes. The sort of there's like a sort of classic Lupin, the character who's a gentleman mm. thief. Mm. And then the see the TV series is about a man who who sort of takes that as his inspiration. So it's not set, you know, it's not supposed to be the original Lupin, but it's somebody who who sort of is inspired by him. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, yeah, it's very good. He's kind of on a mission to find out what get revenge for something that happened to his father. But that involves a lot of heists. <laughs> oh yes, an awful lot of being very sneaky. Yeah, being oh, one step ahead of everybody else. Yeah, good stuff. And it's one of those shows where you know you'll sort of watch the episode and stuff will happen, and then right at the end it'll go, ah, but <laughs> a week ago he did this, and yeah. so that means that now he's just going to escape again. <laughs> and you're like, oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. that little scene earlier, which yeah. seemed kind of irrelevant. Wow, actually, <laughs> that was planting the seeds of something that's going to be important now. So, uh, yeah, but that, that was really, really good, wasn't that? That's a French show. Um, yeah. There's what something like twenty episodes out at the moment, I think. Yeah, like that. they are making more. Yeah, there's um, more coming. And we're currently watching Money Heist, which is a Spanish heist heist show. Show, but yeah. it's it's all it's all one big heist. It's not. I I, I thought it was going to be more like Hustle, you know, where they have a heist per episode mm-hmm. and it's sort of real to the end. But this is all one big heist that's kind of like very elaborately thought out and is sort of planned to last for for like. Yeah, ten to twelve days or something. Ten to twelve days. So they're sort of shut into the the Royal Mint, the Spanish Royal Mint, with a bunch of hostages, and there's sort of all these plans kind of unfolding, but you've also simultaneously got the police and the negotiator kind of outside trying to figure out what they're up to. Yeah. And yeah, just sort of various yeah, plots. Really nicely balanced as well between sort of the perspective of the hostages, the perspective of the thieves, the perspective of the people trying to catch them. So you kind of like and don't like people on all sides yeah. and it really keeps you engaged because you kind of want the thieves to get away with it but you kind of want <laughs> you kind of want at least some of them to get got you know um yeah and it's it's quite hard to go well this is definitively a good guy and this is definitively a bad person um i think only really the, the negotiator at the moment has our full full sympathy um but yeah it, it, every single episode it end credits come up and chloe and i simultaneously will go oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we're still we're, we're still in the first series of it i think there's three maybe five series of it yeah. on on netflix good size subtitles so you're not squinting at the screen <laughs> oh that's good um yeah but cracking absolutely damn cracking show Oh, nice. I think Barry recommended that to me on a Stace and Barry episode like many moons ago, and I still haven't watched it. It's still on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty Lup- sure Lupin's I got the recommendation yeah. from him. Yeah, um, Lupin's definitely on my list, though, because I don't know much of the character at all anyway, except for, did you ever see the Studio Ghibli movie about him? I think it was called The Castle of Cagliostro or something oh, like really? that. Oh, really? seen that one. No, no yeah. we seen that one. Oh, it's um, fantastic. I only watched it. I didn't realise it was a Ghibli movie until yeah. um, the Blank Check podcast with uh, Griffin, forgotten his surname, and David, also forgotten his surname, <laughs> uh, did like a whole series on Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah. And um, and this one cropped up and I was like, I haven't even heard of this. So Rich and I watched it in prep of listening to the podcast about yeah. it. And it is brilliant. I love the character so much. He's like a sassy I would call him a gentleman bastard because he's a git. He's a total git, but he's also yeah. like really charming. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he's a gentleman thief, and he was actually written around the same time as Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole um, legal thing because he actually the the writer included Lupin versus Sherlock Holmes in various sort of stories. Yeah, and he had to change the name of Sherlock Holmes to Herlock Holmes. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> for legal <Head> reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. But yeah, I'm totally up for now reading those books. But I think before I do, I'm going to track down Castle of Cagliostro. Yeah, it's very the good. films now all on Netflix. I think that is Most it Netflix or is it Disney? But yeah, so definitely on one of them. Yeah, I think it's Netflix. We can we can have a look. Yeah. Yeah. 
Rich yeah. and I were trying to do like a whole watch through of those, and then we got as far as Grave of the Fireflies, which is not very oh. far in, and it broke us, and we just haven't been back to it. Yeah, yet. that's not a film yeah. I'd ever watch again. No, that, that, never. You know, whenever you get those lists about, oh, you know, the saddest films of all time, it's always on those lists. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of those films where, like, I sort of feel like I have to recommend it to people because it is amazing. But also I'm like very much with care. Like, don't watch this if you're in a particular mood. <laughs> it will break you regardless. But if you're already sad, definitely yeah. don't even don't even look at it. Yeah, don't, even... Like, don't expect me to watch it with you because I can't do it again. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely not. There's <laughs> very few films. It. Yeah, we'll there's very it. few films that I will like never watch again. And it would probably be that and Threads, which I've never even seen fully, but I just oh. cannot with threads like i'm gonna give you another one go on. the plague dogs right which was made uh, written by and made by the same animation company who did watership down no that's it's, another movie i won't watch again <laughs> it, it's about two dogs who have been experimented on in a laboratory <gasps> and they escape and it's basically them being chased throughout the whole film and then an ending that will just leave you yeah, it's more traumatic than Watership Down, and that's oh, saying something. Because we all got traumatised by Watership Down, but this film, like Watership Down, at least there's there's kind of a, a sort of bittersweet but vaguely happy ending to it in the end, mm-hmm. sense that they do find their little bunny home and you know they get to settle down. But with Plague Dogs, you don't get that. <laughs> I won't say anymore, but you don't get that. <laughs> no, that's it. Like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever be watching. That. Uh, <laughs> brilliant. Think, yeah. It's, yeah. it's right, yeah, and I think it's I think it's John Hurt again, actually, one of the voices, because yeah. he he's in Warship Down, wasn't he? He played uh, Hazel in Warship Down, yeah. I think, yeah. or Fiverr, yeah. possibly, can't remember, but yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's been don't. so long since I've watched it. That's watch a it recommendation, that one, definitely. <laughs> don't watch it. Especially if you're a dog lover, for the love of God, do not watch it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm very weird about dogs because in person I'm terrified of them, like full on, you know, phobia of like even tiny adorable puppies. Bring one to my house, I'll shit myself and lock myself in the bathroom and have a cry. Like I'm very scared of dogs. But like I find them intensely cute. So, like, when people show me pictures of their dogs, I'm like, oh, my God, this it's so cute. Uh, but that's one of the reasons I won't watch Cujo is because, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't need a reason to be as terrified of dogs as I already am. Like, I'm never going to watch that, even though a lot of people have said, like, oh, you should watch most of the Stephen King things. Although some of them aren't very good. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, I've never read the book either, though, so mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm missing out on uh, on any movie action there. Um, have you guys seen the Batman? What, what a brilliant segue! <laughs> I'm I mean, good at scary these scary animals. Yeah, that's, yeah, scary. That's, that's true. How did you guys feel about it? <laughs> no, I, 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 I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't really feel like we necessarily needed it. Okay. I didn't feel like it was yeah. a Batman movie that we needed to have because mm-hmm. it didn't feel like it was bringing really anything particularly new. Like I thought yeah. it was a good movie in and of itself, and if it had been the first Batman movie to you know to have been made brilliant yeah but i just feel like we didn't necessarily need another dark broody kind of batman i don't know like there are other things you could do with batman and i just i just felt like it was a bit unnecessary but but i thought they did do a good job of it and there were elements of it Mm. i liked and there were other things i was sort of less keen on but i yeah i me and rich watched it recently and (laughs) i feel like i need to preface this by saying that i'm i'm not I didn't I didn't like it right I didn't like it but 
I can see why other people do. So I'm absolutely not like having a pop at people that did like it. But for me, I found it really hard. And I don't know why this is, like why it was fine in the in the Nolan trilogy, but why it wasn't fine for me here. But this movie felt like it took itself so seriously. But then Batman was there. So like like to me, it was like a really gritty, like crime drama. But then Batman was there. (laughs) And I just cut my brain just couldn't like there was a sequence as well. And I don't mind spoiling this because it is not important. But there's a bit where you see the Riddler and he's he's got a question mark in his latte. And I was like, what are we doing? This film is so stupid. But like. The film acts like it's not stupid at all, like it's the smartest Batman film that's ever existed. But then it's doing things like this. I just, I couldn't, my brain just couldn't wrap around the idea of it at all. And I feel like if it had just been like a crime drama with like a nutter who wanted to, you know, kill off crooked policemen or whatever, I'd be like, okay, I'm down for this. But it was just, and everything about it was so slow. There was a sequence where Batman walks down a corridor of policemen and it took like 35 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, why? Why are we doing? Why? Just, just get there. Just get in the route. Just get, just get into the crime scene. And like, and then it'd just be like 25 minutes of Batman walking around a crime scene and occasionally saying one word. And I was like, I feel like it went too far because a lot of people, myself included, have been saying that whilst we enjoy the like punchy, punchy Batman, we'd also like to see a bit more detective in. And I feel like this film went too far the other way. So it was like, this is a detective movie. But because of that, I couldn't I couldn't get my head around Batman being there. Mm. (laughs) Like, it just felt really silly to me that Batman was there because I was like, this is a crime movie. There's a man just walking around as a bat and all the policemen are like, oh, yeah, bats, you're right, mate. (laughs) That's not what what am I looking at? And I just by that point, it was so silly to me that it just I was just like, I can't I can't accept it. Interesting. (laughs) I I get why the people liked it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I I thought it was a corking good movie. I think we we, with Chloe on terms of I'm not sure if we needed it, Mm -hmm. but I would certainly rather take it than a bad Batman movie, as it were. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it it could definitely have been a lot worse. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't sure how much I liked him as Bruce Wayne. Um, mm. maybe I, just, was, I just kept laughing at him. He was so emo. Was yeah. He was so hilarious. With the floppy hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think he looked like 12 as well? Oh, like, I, you know, I know he's not a youngish man. Like he's, he's, Robert Pattinson's got to be about my age, if not older. And yeah. he looked like a 12-year-old. Like the bit where he started spray-painting clues on his own mansion floor, I was like, come on. Yeah, but I, I kind of got the impression they deliberately pitched him young with the idea that then the next one's going to have him further on his, in his career and the next one even further. So yeah. I kind of get the impression they're setting up an arc with him. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was a corking good movie. Um, I really liked the detective vibe that they did with it. Um, I, I think I actually appreciated the fact that he was the weirdest thing in the room at any given time. <laughs> because yeah. because then you had the effect. Because the whole point of Batman is he's supposed to be creating this startling effect. Yeah. And as soon as all of the villains are more startling and more weird, that to me makes it more like, well why is everybody playing dress up but yeah. because he started it because he's sort of going right i'm gonna i'm gonna shock everybody with what i'm looking like i'm gonna be something that they don't know don't understand and don't expect mm. that's got impact and the fact that most of the people around were generic crime people i mean what's his face colin farrell was fantastic in his role um i just thought it had real power and real punch to it i really enjoyed it but we keep getting batman movies and <laughs> 
it's it's too soon it's yeah. i don't know yeah i i don't I, I agree i think yeah i think it's too soon and i feel like i don't i don't want dc to do exactly what marvel are doing because i think that would be boring mm. but i feel like they either need to piss or get off the pot in the sense of deciding whether they want to do a shared universe or not because it's to me it was weird watching this batman movie knowing that there is like a sort of shared universe thing happening around it that's got a different mm. batman in but also oh. hasn't because ben affleck's not coming back as batman mm. oh he's but not they've, from what i've heard i don't think he's at all interested in working with dc okay. again but mm. <laughs> so yeah i feel like they need to like sort of pick a direction and go in it rather than just being like well this one counts and this one doesn't count and this one yeah. doesn't count but for some reason has a cameo of aquaman in it mm. from the ones that do count and you're like hold on <laughs> yeah. what am i looking at um, i definitely like to see them do more well more characters Instead yeah. of just returning to the same fucking characters over and over again, I want to see some of the lesser known ones. You know? I think that's why I really liked the Suicide Squad, because that was like a bunch of people I didn't really know, plus Harley Quinn <laughs> mm. being brilliant. And then I obviously like Peacemaker spun out of that. And that was one of the best things that's been on telly so far this year, I think. Ah, um, still not seen that one yet. Oh, it's, it's just come out in the UK, I think. Uh-huh. I can't remember which streaming service it's on because there are too many. <laughs> but it's on one of them uh, because it keeps popping up on our Sky Home thing whenever we go to it. It's like uh, it's probably now TV, then, is it? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, but yeah, to, to me that was like genuinely one of the best. It's probably unless something amazing comes out later this year, it'll probably be the top of my TV stuff list by the end Sweet. of the year. I think it's been wonderful. But I love John Cena. Like you just don't expect John Cena to be so fucking funny, and he really is. He's so good and muscly. Uh, <laughs> I feel like all of the things I've talked about, I've just been like, also, I fancy this one guy. <laughs> yeah, maybe have a cold shower. <laughs> I'm going to annoy you now, Stace. I really don't like him. You know, he, if I find him irritating, I find his face annoying. <laughs> you know what? I can, I can actually, I can totally understand that. And uh, yeah, I, I, I can completely understand that. But I, I think it's because I used to watch him like in wrestling a lot mm. so to me it's been like going for and i mean i don't know if you guys have ever watched wrestling when he was knocking about Never but like i wrestling now. i always found his character really funny because he always he came out to a song that he did himself that was terrible <laughs> and he always wore jean shorts and i was like it's so hard to take wrestlers seriously already because they're just running around knocking each other over in their knickers but like <laughs> he's coming out in jean shorts and no t-shirt and a backwards cap and i'm like but he's like this big burly dude and i was like i just don't know what i don't know what you go you're going for but it isn't good mate so like when he first started going into acting i was like this is going to be terrible because like wrestling has an element of acting to it like you've got to do all your you know your, your bits and stuff where you you know you have a rant about whichever guy you've got to fight this week or whatever and I thought, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be really dreadful. And like the first couple of like generic action movies he did were like, ah, eh, these are all right. But when he did, I can't remember. I want to say it was Trainwreck, which is a really shit movie with uh, Amy Schumer in it. That's wildly unfunny. But he's in it, and he's like the best thing in it. I was like, he, he's got. He's actually got like really good comedic timing and like proper comedy chops. So I was like genuinely surprised and then when yeah i think peacemaker's like the perfect role for him and there's a character in the in the peacemaker show called vigilante who's kind of like a dc version of deadpool but sweeter okay um so i'm sort of in love with him absolutely brilliant yeah i would wholeheartedly recommend peacemaker if you haven't watched it yet because there's Um, there's a bunch of wrestlers who've made the the jump over now to hollywood superstars on there yeah and there's a few of them not like 
so like Batista, I think he's one who's mm. who's very hit and miss because I think he's been great in Guardians of the Galaxy, mm. but I think again in those sort of like generic action movie type things. Like, was he? Was he the guy who was in Stuba, which might be one of the most annoying movies I've ever seen in my fucking life? Mm, not sure. Uh, he was in that My Spy, wasn't he? I don't know about Stuba. Stuba's the um, one where Kumail Nanjiani plays an Uber driver and he picks up, I think it's Batista, and then they end up going on like a sort of oh, crazy action adventure. Mm-hmm. And it is just so unfunny and completely uninteresting and I hated it. <laughs> but like Dave um, Batista in it, looked, like, it seemed like he'd only turned up for like 20 minutes. Like he's that like completely uncommitted to the bit. And I was like, oh, is he good? <laughs> you just think, hmm. Sometimes I think it's a lot to do with the writing and the direction as well as yeah. the actual skill. I mean, he's no, he's no Andre the Giant in, in Princess Bride, is he? I love Andre the Giant in Princess Bride. <laughs> I mean, I he's terrible, what, but he's wonderful. This is going to age me because I'm absolutely peed off that I never got to see Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks in movies. Because <laughs> that, that's my era of wrestling. Yeah, yeah that would have been bananas, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see like Giant Haystacks turning up as a villain in Condor Man or something like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming you've seen this because if you haven't, you absolutely have to watch it like instantly. But have you ever seen They Live with Rowdy Roddy Piper? Do you know I haven't? Oh my god, mate! I, it's I one always of the be- meant to. Literally one of the best films in the world, and I'm not right. exaggerating. It is 100% in my top ten movies ever. This um, is the one with the guy with the glasses who can see the glasses who can right, see right. like Alien Overlord. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. With yeah, uh, yeah, Keith David. Nice being amazing oh it's such a good film oh you absolutely have to watch that i'm, I'm giving you homework it's official this <laughs> you is know, your homework it's, <laughs> it's one of the things on my list i just haven't ever gotten around to it there's a there's a sequence in it which i'm sure you would have like heard about where there's like a good like sort of 15 minute fist fight where he tries to get one guy to put on the glasses <laughs> right. to just convince him that like no seriously i'm not going insane put on these glasses and this guy's like no you're a mental <laughs> what are you doing and then they just have a fist fight for like 15 minutes it's it's wonderful oh, i will beat you up film. and tell you where these glasses yeah and then eventually he gets the glasses on the guy and he's like oh shit aliens but like, <laughs> it's, it's such a such a ridiculous but wonderful film now oh, we, would that be suitable for our 16 year old could we could we watch mm, it as a family so it's not it's not too violent or too scary i don't think but it depends on your tolerance for swear words for your kid as well because there's a lot it's not a problem now i think and it actually she doesn't mind violence either but um it's only if there's like a random embarrassing sex scene in the middle of a film where you're oh, okay. looking, looking the other way pretending you yeah. haven't seen it <laughs> well I, I i'll be honest i don't remember if there's a sex scene in this because i find sex scenes i mean i'm a i'm a 36 year old woman and i still find sex scenes cringe i don't think yeah. they're necessary in the majority of movies unless you're watching a porno <laughs> like yeah. i just i just think you can you can allude to sex without having shown any of it and it's fine um but i don't remember there being a sex scene as i as i recall i feel like there was too much time spent trying to get people to put glasses on the clothing off quite possibly oh it's so good this is not being on the pulse of films <laughs> telly at all because it's a very old movie i'm pretty sure radio Roddy pop has been dead about five years now hasn't it mm. oh which is a bit sad yeah, i think so yeah rest in peace um also we've been waffling for a really long time so i just briefly wanted to say that i read the running man story by richard backman slash 
Stephen King. Goodness. And it's really good, isn't it? Mm. I, uh, I didn't know what to expect because so many people, because Running Man is my absolute favourite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Like, I think it is nigh on perfect film. Uh, and so many people have said, okay, read the book, but do not expect it to be even a teensy bit. Like, the only similar Very thing good. is that the names are Ben Richards. <laughs> like, that is it. And yet it was, like, massively different. But I think it's... I still love the movie and I think the book is just as good, but just entirely different. I would wholeheartedly recommend you, people read it if they can, because it's um, I feel like it's a much more paranoid book than the movie was. Mm-hmm. Whereas because the movie sort of sets it in a sort of uh, almost like an arena of death, <laughs> I suppose, where you you're very aware of the hunters that are coming after you and where they're going to appear and stuff. Whereas the book is more like, right, the entire world is your oyster. Mm. You've got to avoid our hunters, but you don't know who's coming. You don't know when you don't know how they're tracking you. You don't know who they are, what they look like. So you could just be wandering down the street and somebody there is going to do you a murder. And I, yeah, I, I like stories where you're a bit sort of like, Oh, where you get a bit itchy because you're like, Oh no, is he looking at me? Is he one? Oh, um so yeah Yeah. i thought it was fantastic one of stephen king's best that i've read so far because it doesn't have as much of a necessary fat phobia or talk about boobs as most of his books do Mm. Um, yeah but the book the book is a lot more i don't know almost a a lot more political a lot more like you say paranoid and the film really does sort of amp up the whole well we were talking about wrestling weren't we it's the wrestling vibe of these sort of yeah characters that are just larger than life um i i used to enjoy the running man but i i always sort of preferred things like predator and and you know the terminator and whatnot running man was a, a bit of a notch down for me because of that excessive wrestler sort of vibe which yeah you know while i loved when i was younger as i got older i was kind of like mm, it's a little bit i still fully appeals to me <laughs> i love it i, I love yeah. that whole element of it because it's silly but it's also kind of terrifying in the yeah. context of the film yeah um but i mean yeah. critical difference to the end as well in terms of the dystopian yes. way that the book finishes <laughs> yeah i wasn't expecting without that. spoilers but yeah you're like <laughs> really <laughs> you're gonna do that yeah. to me yeah i got to the end because um I was I read it as part of my um, bookworm challenge that I was mm. doing. Um, so it's like a month long fundraiser where you just try and read as many books as you can. Mm. And this was like my penultimate book. It was like my 16th book on the last day. And uh, I sort of got to the end and I was like, um, well, you got to do me like that, Stephen King. I'd <laughs> <laughs> write you a strongly worded letter. Yeah. Yeah. For a book you wrote like a million years ago under a completely different name because you were worried people would be like, Stephen King wrote this, which is funny because I personally have liked it more. I mean, I've not I'll admit I've not read an awful lot of Stephen King stuff and I have. This is difficult. I have mostly enjoyed what I've read, but there's always been like something, whether it's like one particular scene or a particular depiction of a person or something in a book that's just made me go like, oh, yeah. um, and his obsession with knockers, like chill out. Stephen King, like I read his most, well, it's not his most recent book now because I think a book has just come out that he's done with a guy called Richard Chismar. I can't remember what the name of the book is. When um, he Magic Button, something like that. That's the one, yeah. Um, it's so a I read, I think. I read the one that came out before that, which is called Billy Summers, which is a bit of a departure from his normal sort of horror stuff. But like there was a sequence in it, and this happens towards the start, so I don't consider it to be like a massive spoiler, where a little girl gets beaten to death by her dad. And he describes it as like caving in her chest, which will never have breasts upon it or something like this. And I was like, didn't need 
to say that, mate. And like he describes every woman by her hair and her tits. Mm. And I'm like, how have we not grown out of this, Stephen King? <laughs> like you're older than me now. You can describe a woman by, oh, I don't know, her facial features or like how she is as a person. Like it doesn't always have to be, oh, she was a brunette and her knockers were humongous. Like, yeah. I think it was Carrie that I read where he describes one bird's knockers as being like, I want to say upright, which I couldn't stop laughing at. <laughs> because I was like, what does that mean? Are the nipples pointing at the ceiling? Like, what's that? Like, I just, I was, I can't even envision what he was trying to communicate with the idea of uh, boobs being upright. But yeah, yeah. I have a weird love hate relationship with Stephen King because I enjoy the stories, but I think sometimes his actual writing leaves a bit to be desired. Yeah, I, I find him a bit hit and miss. I have to say, I've, I've not read that much of his stuff. I read some of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think he's. I think his short stories are actually really good quite often. But yeah, um, yeah I, I've never. I never really got massive. But I'm, I don't. I'm not a big horror reader anyway. Mm. But, uh. Well, I yeah, I don't. I don't really know how to describe myself as a reader because I. I. I think fantasy. I suppose is the closest to like the genre that I tend to mostly enjoy. Yeah. That and like autobiographies. But I do like the occasional horror, and I like it when they genuinely scare me. So that there was a couple of times when I was reading it which is a fucking massive book. Good God. The copy that we had was 1,400 pages. Yeah, it's a hefty chonker. Um, yeah, yeah. But there were a couple of times when I was reading that and then there'd be a noise outside and I'd be like, <laughs> and drop my copy of it on the floor because I'd just shit myself. But there's like, I think the problem for me with a lot of horror is that I find it, so I don't have like a proper imagination, if that makes sense. Like I can't envision things in my head so when i'm reading i'm just sort of hearing the words in my head i don't have any like images to go images. with it oh, interesting yeah I don't, there, there is a word for it and i can't remember what it is but um yeah. it's basically like yeah i don't have like a visual sort of imagination so i find it hard to i found it easier with it because i could sort of almost picture in my head like tim curry and uh what's his chops who was in that bill skarsgård who was in the newer yeah. one so i had like these ideas already in my head of what the scary stuff that like Pennywise can do but mm-hmm. if I read just a horror that I've never experienced anything of before I find it really hard to get scared because I'm not I can't envision what's supposed to be scaring me mm. if that makes any sort of sense well you know funnily enough fantasy was the genre that I actually read Stephen King in first mm. so there was a book that he did years and years ago called the eyes of the dragon okay. which is set in a fantasy world rather than any sort of you know it's it's a fantasy story almost kind of fairy tale but dark fairy tale yeah um and the baddie in that is randall flag who is sort of his overarching baddie in in a lot of his stories um and the next one that i read after that was um the gunslinger which is the first of the dark tower books that he wrote there are seven of those actually eight because he went and did some short stories in the world as well and that is like a cross between a fantasy world and a western Okay. Um, with horror thrown in as well. And it is incredibly good. Um, so if you like a bit of Stephen King, but are a bit sick of the whole uh, knockers obsession uh, and are not <laughs> yeah. massively, massively horror based, but you like your fantasy, I heartily recommend the, the, the Dark Tower books. I'm sure Rich has got all of those books because he is a massive Stephen King nut. Mm. Um, and in fact, I think it was him that was like, I can't believe you've not read any Stephen King. What on earth? And threw mm. a copy of Carrie at me once. <laughs> um, not literally. Of course, it wasn't like spousal abuse. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, 
I've got access to so many Stephen King books. I don't know why I don't try more of them. I think it's because, like, I have been a little bit put off. Like, with It, I was really enjoying It until, like, that infamous scene. And, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is real weird. I'm very uncomfortable now. (laughs) (laughs) And sort of, like, the rest of the book was a bit tainted then because I was like, oh, no, I can still remember when it was disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So that might be what put me off. But if there's uh, if there's very few knockers and things in the uh, <laughs> the Dark Terror series, I won't give them away. I can't really remember. There may be a few, I think, but not. It's not mm. too bad. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's nothing like it where everybody's like, okay, maybe skip this like chapter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you get. So, yeah. I've just noticed how long we've been waffling. So was there anything else you wanted to mention before we roll on to the one and only segment that this show actually has? <laughs> Quick shout out, we've been watching the, the 90s X-Men cartoon. Nice. Summer's got, as I say, the current Marvel obsession going on. So we, we sort of try and find TV shows we can all watch together and it's getting increasingly difficult. But she was like, she was up for watching it. So we're like, oh, yeah, we'll give it a go. So nice. uh, so that's a little re- a revisit of that. Yeah, that's um, on Disney+. Plus. And they will soon be doing a new series that picks up where the original series left off, I think. Oh, I think it's aged better than a lot of the older animated stuff. It's it's still pretty naff in places. <laughs> oh yeah, they yeah. still punch each other before having conversations every episode. But it's well, that's least, comics, isn't it for you? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, yeah. It's it, it's at least I think I think they do they do a reasonable job for the time, don't they? It's, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's a bit of fun, and it's got an excellent theme tune too. It really does. Cool. So, being the kindly host that I am, I'll uh, I'll let Clover go first with her musical choice. I still don't have a name for this segment, so I can't really introduce it. So, just fire away. <laughs> well, this is again a brilliant segue because um, we were talking about the X Men theme tune, and somebody has it's been pointed out that this that the theme tune sounds exactly like this song. <laughs> it's got the same tune. Um, so I was. I was saying this to Summer because she wasn't familiar with it. I was going, oh, no, it sounds exactly the same. So I dug it I dug it out on YouTube and, um, and I was just like, oh, this is actually a really good song. So this is I'm Your Baby Tonight uh, by Whitney Houston. Excellent. And if you're able to play a little segment of the X-Men theme tune, you can compare and contrast <laughs> the two. I'm not that good of an editor, so... <laughs> People, have, people can go and look it up on, on their own if they can't remember how it goes. <laughs> it, is a, it is a cracking theme tune. Yeah. And to be fair, Whitney Houston had some absolute bangers. Did, I was yeah. um I was at a pub Christmas. It must have been 2019 because it was before all the lockdowns. And um I Have Nothing came on and the entire pub. And I swear, like, I've never seen a more different selection of people in my entire life. Like, there was, like, younger people, older people, you know, d- different races, different nationalities. Everybody stopped and we were all started singing, I have nothing, nothing. <laughs> it was one of the most least Christmassy but most fun times I've had in a pub in December. Like, I was like, oh, this is amazing. I wish I'd have filmed it. Anyway, <laughs> good choice. <laughs> Dion, what would you like to recommend to our lovely listeners this month? Uh, okay so um there's a rock opera album um that's been made of an hp lovecraft story called dreams of the witch house (laughs) now i kind of love musical rock opera type things ever since uh war of the worlds the jeff wayne thing from the uh from the 70s -hmm. and uh i had this uh rock opera album recommended to me on the hp lovecraft literary podcast um which is awesome you should check it out 
this is a heavy metal musical um based on a story that was written in christ i don't know the 20s or 30s or something um one of hbl's to my mind better stories uh is about this guy uh student who sort of moves into a a house with his pal and his pal becomes obsessed with the the history of the house the witch that used to live there mathematics somehow being equivalent to magic and sort of time and space shifting and Mm -hmm. demon princes and human sacrifice and all kinds of weird (laughs) stuff going on and it's done with this just incredible heavy metal music and i'm not a metalhead but i really love this album um so there's a song on there called the sacrifice slash no turning back reprise uh which is my recommendation you'll get a bit of uh, an idea of the story from the lyrics the music's incredible the female vocalist is so pure within the kind of rough and ready raw sort of rock stuff um so yeah that's my pick check out the uh the song and pick up the album if you can splendid i don't think i've ever listened to a rock opera of anything and i feel like i should because i do like rock and metal so it seems like a yeah an error on my part i i think if you go on youtube i think most if not all of the songs are on youtube nice i'll definitely check that out my song for this month is a lot less uh related to anything that we've talked about thankfully because it's called wet dream (laughs) by a band called wet leg which is a real hard sell to uh to people who don't know what those things are because people are like this sounds hella weird why are you recommending that i listen to this um but wet leg are a british indie rock band and their album like just dropped like a week or so ago um and it is great this particular song is one that i keep finding myself singing around the house and it's a really good thing that i work from home now because i don't think it's an appropriate song to be singing around the office um (laughs) but it's uh yeah it's essentially about a wet a wet dream isn't it so um but it's not as disgusting as it sounds just listen to it it's really good (laughs) did that sell it don't know i think so yeah i mean Claire, claire and i were downstairs um having a cup of the other night and summer put this very song on Mm-hmm. Uh, while she was doing some exercise and we yeah. kind of looked at each other and went oh, oh, um, okay <laughs> <laughs> whoops <laughs> there's uh i mean this is totally off the topic now but there's a band called planet booty who um do like a sort of uh electronic like pop funk sort of songs uh, and they released an album called yes last year and nearly all of their songs make me want to do aerobics because it's just got that level of like energy but also okay. it's about like you know sex and butts and things so <laughs> that's uh an unofficial recommendation just have a listen to yes by planet booty why don't you okay. <laughs> on that sexy note um it's been an absolute delight having you both back in the parlor thank Thanks you so much thank you for having us i hope you've uh oh good i was <laughs> i'm always worried that i get to the end of an episode and people are like oh god thank god it's over <laughs> oh it's been an absolute pleasure where can the listeners find you on that their internet should they wish to hunt you down well we're both on facebook uh with our names so dl winton pollock and clover winton pollock um clover have you got anything no you you can't find me i am i am uh officially in hiding (laughs) (laughs) to be fair the internet is a largely terrible place so i don't blame you Um, yeah, and the other thing that I've got is my website. I'm a I'm a freelance editor, um, so you can find me at www.thefinetoothed.com uh, for all of your editorial needs. I've also last year 
um, recorded a bunch of audio performances. Uh, also there at the fine toothed comb, uh, com forward slash category forward slash audio. Um, there are 12, I think, stories there. Um, so if you just want to hear me reading some good stuff out that other people wrote, then, yeah, come along, have a listen. Excellent. I, uh, you do have one of those voices that I would happily like listen to, you know, reading the back of a shampoo bottle. So that's an excellent recommendation. Listeners, it's been fabulous. I hope you have a wonderful month until I'm back waffling again in May. Thank you again for joining me and I'll speak to you all next month. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour, send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour that's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah! <laughs>